Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about the importance of a solid investment philosophy and how to buy equity in cities. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. July 7th, 2021. Another day, another set. That's Satoshis, for those who don't know. Satoshis are the divisible units of Bitcoin. For every one Bitcoin is 100 million Satoshis. We call them sats. Let's get straight into it. So, in anything in life, whether it's uh, your business, your career, uh, investing, you really want to develop a philosophy because you can because you can do a lot. There, there's so much you can learn in anything that you're doing that if you try to if you if you try to do everything or if you don't have a philosophy, you're kind of just moving around aimlessly. And there isn't there's no such thing in, in my opinion as one philosophy, that works for everybody. As a matter of fact, I look at it as if you look at the the Forbes, you know, 400 richest people in the world, they all built wealth for the most part in very different ways. Even the people that are in the same industry built wealth different ways, but they have a philosophy. Another another example is Muay Thai. There's lots of different types of Muay Thai fighters. There are uh, clinch fighters. There are kickers. There's heavy punchers. Uh, and then within those disciplines, there's different people who have different things. And if you look at the best Muay Thai fighters, they really only do a few things. They just know how to uh, execute and exploit their opponent's weakness um, with a with a couple of different things. And so they don't there's there's I haven't seen somebody who's mastered everything. I've, I've seen people who are just great all around fighters, but they they you know, they are not like. You know, if, if the all-around fighter went against a clinch expert and he, try, and he or she tried to clinch the clinch expert, they're going to lose to clinch. And so their strategy was be good all around, exploit the other fighter's weakness. Um, and, and so same thing, same thing with investing. When you're investing, it's important to build an investment philosophy that's built on time-tested principles, research, and yeah, I mean, time to principles and, and, and research. And you don't like, if you don't have one, what my clients do is borrow, borrow mine. Like we sit down, review the philosophy, how we think about investing, which they also get um, recurring, listen to this podcast and the email list that I send, email that I send out periodically. But um, that philosophy guides the decision-making process and uh you know keeps me from having to make decisions based off of emotions let me let me give you one like one specific example because i get i get questions all the time and and the reason why i'm able to do like ask for the podcast or if, if you've ever uh, listened to me speak live and at a q a uh, speaking engagement i'm able to like flow off the top of the brain and answer all kinds of questions, not because I know everything, because I know what I don't know, right? And a lot of times I'll say, hey, I don't know, I, I don't have a good 
uh, answer for that. It's outside of my sphere of competence. But if it comes into my sphere of competence, or then I'm able to answer it, and I and I and I always have a way to answer whether an investment goes into my portfolio or not because I filter it through my investing process. So 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 for example, you know I had a I had a friend that that uh what, what I'm I'm going back to the text, but a friend a friend was saying, hey. You know, I got a pile of money that uh, I need to, you know, that I'm going to be getting rental income from. And, uh, and you know, and, and I know I know his goals. Right. I know he wants to build a real estate empire. Uh, he wants to leverage his assets to build the real estate empire. And so we, we went through all that. And so he said, hey, um, you know, there's extra money for rental. Like where, you know, where should I put it? And I was able to really quickly say, hey, this is the portfolio you need you know, you need for that because of this that I know. And he, and he, it was quick. He's like, you know, thanks. Um, and it's because I have a philosophy around like money management around what portfolio goes with what uh, it, it, it even goes back to the philosophy around how I decide to uh, invest in uh, Bitcoin or invest in Spotify and, and you're going to see in the next topic that I cover, city coins, which is going to be super interesting. You know, a, a lot of my philosophy, including in my philosophy, is like time frame. So, for example, if there's some new technology that is going to be the future, but I'm not sure, like I'm not highly certain it's going to get traction in the next five years, which is my time frame, then I just pay attention to it and I forget about it and I keep it out of the portfolio. So, so I think to summarize what I'm saying about philosophy is you're what's, what's important about was I think what's more important about a philosophy is what you're not going to invest in over what you are going to invest in. That's, that's the most important part about a philosophy. It allows you to ignore a lot. Cause I don't know if, if you're like me, like before my philosophy was super sound, I was like, man, there's all these things I can invest in. And it would stress me out because I felt like I had to know everything I felt like I had to become an expert in every area because I did not want to miss out on the best investment. And to me, man, that's super, that's a super stressful way to run a, to, to, to run money, to manage money versus saying, Hey, here's the niche area that I could make a lot of, or not the niche area. Cause that's a bad way, but here's a process that I can use that can make a lot of money over time, you know, based on, based on my research and, and, I can ignore ninety percent of things that don't fit in my process, and find the ten percent that does to make to make lots of money because there's lots of investments. Here's one last example. You know, I think Greg Popovich, the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, is going to go down as uh, he's already one of the greatest coaches of all time, but he's probably going to be like considered the goat if he's not already considered the goat of coaching because he has a he has a, a process, he has a um, a system, and He's able to. He was able to consistently build great teams from, uh, you know, from overlooked players, uh, overseas players, because he plugged folks into the system. He didn't need a, a LeBron James or a Kevin. Uh, I don't even like saying Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is good, but you know, it's debatable whether he could have built pulled the team on his own. Hey, it's not even debatable. Like, he's a great player, but he, you know, uh, he's not a LeBron. Put it that way, or a Jordan. Um, in my opinion, but, 
Pop didn't need those level players. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not discounting Tim Duncan, the greatest power forward of all time. And what I'm saying is he built teams that just were consistently good because he was able to, to take role players, put them around superstars, and consistently be in a position to, to win a championship you know, for like two decades. And it was because of a system. He didn't need to rely on a draft. He didn't need to rely on recruiting and wooing uh, big players. Because San Antonio is a small market. It's not a very good market. A lot of folks don't want to go play for San Antonio. But his system allows them to be um, very competitive. And that's how I think about a good investment philosophy uh, that allows you to build a good process. Um, it's, it's like that. Versus if you don't, then you're trying to like, rely on recruiting and attracting people, you know, the quote unquote best investments, best players into your portfolio. And that could be a very stressful um, proposition. Next topic, we're going to talk about how to, the future of investing into cities. So, man, I was, I was, I, I have been doing a lot of research on layer two, layer three, building on top of Bitcoin and what's going on. Um, in that space, because as I've mentioned in a previous episode, you know, Bitcoin is now solidified as the new digital central bank, a central bank run by algorithms instead of people. And so you build on top of that a whole new financial system and a whole new uh, financial ecosystem. And so all those things are being built. And so I was listening to a podcast. It's um, check it, check it out for more details. The Pomp podcast episode 599. But they were talking about investing into cities and i was like hmm interesting and and so what 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 they're doing with miami for example is is you know well let me backtrack into how, how cities raise money and pay for resources so when cities you know finance their buildings roads bridges all that kind of stuff attract talent they they have historically used bonds and if, if you don't know cities are like like the government they're, they're pretty broke right now and so to also understand this better, you got to understand the context of the history of bonds and equity. So way back in the day, and I'm going to get the timing and the story completely wrong, but here's a general rough idea. You know, um, three, four hundred years ago, governments got themselves into financial trouble because they had um, uh, too much debt that they used to finance their conquests and all that kind of stuff and their uh, trading companies. And so equities were created as a as a way to still raise money, but not have the fixed obligation of debt payments. Right. That's how that's how the equity or stock markets uh, got uh, got invented as a new finance tool. And so fast forward to today, you know, you have companies that have debt and have equity. And that's pretty common. That's what you know, stocks are. But if you want to invest in a government or make money from, you know, give money to the government or finance the government, you have to use bonds, right? Those are the only things that are that are possible. And so um, you have companies, and this is this company, a city coin on this episode, that are creating basically equity. So it allows you to invest in a city and 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 earn equity through city coins. And you can think of city coins just like it's like a you know, like a cryptocurrency, but for a city. So if you want to bet on the city, for example, Miami, you see Miami recruiting all this talent from San Francisco, Texas is recruiting all this talent from San Francisco. You can say, oh, I, I think the mayor, Mayor Suarez is doing a great job. I think that uh, he's making all the right moves, he's recruiting people. I want to place my money and bet on that city growing over time. And so you, and so you, you, 
you can buy the like I think I think the Miami coin is dollar sign MIA, but you can buy the Miami coin. You earn you earn interest from the city that, that is paying in Bitcoin. Uh, your interest is earning Bitcoin, and um, uh, and you get the, and if the city does well, there's higher demand for the city coin. Uh, the city coin uh, goes up over time. Um, and so this is a is more technical than this, and I don't want to get into that for this episode. But the point is, Bitcoin is doing, you know, what I said is going to do is reinventing finance as we know it, and 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 it's doing it on layer two. So the reason why uh, it, there's there's a whole lot of reasons why you would just cities wouldn't just do it with Bitcoin because if you do it on layer two, you can create you can use smart contracts to do all kinds of cool things. Because each city is going to have their own way of wanting to do things, and so you don't want to do it on the block on the Bitcoin blockchain level. Plus, I talked about in the previous episode the scalability and the transaction fees being, um, you know, faster and cheaper if you do it on a layer two. And so this is this is like really cool. We're going to have a future where um, you're able to invest and bet on your city. So we already have pride in our cities when it comes to sports, but now you can say, man. I want to I want to really like bet on my hometown, right? If you're from Dallas and you're proud of Dallas and you want Dallas to be competitive, you can put your money where your mouth is. And 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 I said this in a previous episode, the future of finance is people flexing what they hold in digital wallets. You know, um people are investing based on like their passion versus just off making money. So if you're passionate about your city, you can invest in it and really create change, right? Because right now we can vote to create change. We can also vote with our feet, like we can leave and go somewhere else and go to a city that we feel like better, uh, better represents our values, like, which is what's happening with people moving from San Francisco to Austin and Miami. <clears throat> but now we'll be able to vote with our money because, I mean, that's what politicians understand too. They understand money. If, 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 <clears throat> if we are able to, uh, become stakeholders, equity owners in a city, then we can influence change a lot more than just voting, in my opinion. And I'm so excited, y'all, because I'm passionate about politics, but I've always said, like, A.G. Gaston, you know, is my favorite civil rights hero, not to take anything away from anybody else, but he was the man behind the scenes with the money telling telling the folks in the South, hey, man, integration is good, right? Um, integration is good for money, right? And, you know, um, and, and so I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, talking about talking more about it and going back to what I was saying in the previous deal. Um, this is, this is new. This is something I'm paying attention to. It's not something I'm investing in, uh, yet. Um, because again, the question I need answered is, is this going to be a meaningful investment opportunity over the next five years, better than the current things that I'm currently looking at? I don't know. The cool thing is this this specific one is being built on top of Bitcoin, um, the Bitcoin blockchain, which means as it does well, so will Bitcoin. So I'm already kind of positioned um, to, 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 you know, for, for this benefit uh, and to, to participate in in the upside of this uh, opportunity. But as far as investing in city coins, you know, I'm, I'm still doing research. And plus, the only city coin they have right now is is, is Miami. Um, they're looking at San Francisco, and there's probably going to be other potential platforms that do uh, something like this. Like the world is changing fast, and I'm super excited. And if you are nervous about it, you shouldn't be. Like you should be super excited because there's. Here's what I see: ten years from now, 
or probably even sooner, just like Facebook made everybody publishers and on the internet, right? Everybody went from, you know, if before Facebook, you used to have create your own blog. If you wanted to post your thoughts on the internet, Facebook made it easy. Twitter made it easy to post your own thoughts on the internet. Now everybody's going to be an investor. Robinhood was the precursor. Robinhood opened up the markets to lots of people who were never investors. And that's the precursor. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, everybody's going to be an investor. And the hardest thing is to do is going to be finding money to give people who could take that money and turn it into, uh, you know, organize it into a company or some sort of organization that continues to make money. That's going to be the scarcity in the future, but everybody's going to be an investor, right? And, and it's, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. So until tomorrow, enjoy your day. Talk soon. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.